Playing True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am doing well. Uh, I have, uh, I'm about to be an empty nester. I, empty. Chrissy's going to Scotland with her <laughs> older sister. Uh, I, the NBA Finals coming up. I'm not going anywhere. And I think that, I think that was by design. I think they I think they looked on their dates to say, when can we go to make sure it's just the two of us? So um, this is me and Wilson starting Saturday for 10 days and a little bit of the NBA finals anyway. Good old, good old Wilson. Well, you, you'll have your buddy there to uh, protect you and uh, you guys yeah. will hang out. I'd much rather just time. be by myself totally. <laughs> Poor and, Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I've never, listen, I've almost never, I've never lived alone. I had a roommate in college all through four years, literally sharing a bedroom when I was a junior and senior. And, uh, you know, I, I, I little dorm room in the frat house before that. And then I had a roommate and then I got married. And so these, these moments are precious. <laughs> we don't get many of them. Yeah. Uh, yes. You, you, the, the kids were around, but now they're back to their lives doing, yeah, doing their just, thing. <laughs> yeah. My, I was very lucky, Toronto. I'll, I'll just say this. My daughter called me the other day and asked me what I was doing next week. And I said, nothing. For his, you know, mom left me. He's leaving me. And her, their birthday is coming up, the twins' birthday. And I can't go see my son. He's too busy with school and basketball. But my daughter said, I want you to come up dinner with me. And we'll hang out with my girlies. And we'll, we'll have a couple of drinks and hang out. And Whoa. I think she's just worried I'll be lonely on their birthday. <laughs> realizing I'm very happy, not have to worry about it. But yes, when your daughter invites you to go hang out with her for a night, you just say, yes, ma'am. Well, yes. You, uh, Rachel, a, a wonderfully compassionate yes, uh, young sweet. woman wanting to spend time with her dad. Coach Thorpe and the girlies. That sounds like a that you know that's a that's a, that's a show episode. Oh, it's Let's see. Be a while. These girls are <laughs> very smart and absolutely opinionated. <laughs> they see the world as my my wife and daughter and son and I do. But um, yeah, I mean, to be a kid in college right now in this state, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. If you love people of all yeah. races and creeds and so forth, right. not the best time. Yeah, so it's gonna correct. be a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a I won't say a bitch fest. It's gonna be a gab fest. We're all gonna be bitching a lot. <laughs> I'll be, me too included right yeah well that'll be fun for you yeah. uh david um fun for the boston celtics yeah. they managed to stave off elimination um we are recording on a thursday as you guys all know so game five will be tonight <sighs> in boston the heat's still up three games to one uh still a monumental hill to climb for boston to to win this series but the first thing they had to do was get one and they got one uh, in Miami. Uh, my quick top line takeaways from the game is, again, whenever I watch basketball, the messages and the David Thorpe angel is always on my shoulder and my ear. And one of the things you say often is sometimes it's not the adjustment is you got to just play better. Right? That is your adjustment. And kind of that's what I saw from Boston. They seeming they seem to play better. Miami was up six at the half and then went up nine in the third quarter. And then Boston, after a timeout, seemed to ratchet up its defensive pressure, pressure and intensity turn Miami over, I want to say like five consecutive times, and that led to runouts and quick scores. They got up by two, and then once they went up, they never relinquished the lead again. Now, of course, it mattered. They hit shots. Uh, it's still, a, as the NBA players love to say, it's a make-miss league, right? Well, when you make shots, that's good. And the team misses, that means you're going to win. And that's really what happened in that third quarter. Um, and I just thought that this was, when you watch Boston play like this, this is why their fans get upset with them because they're like, we don't understand. Why can't you do this and have this level of urgency and seriousness all the time, as opposed to, oh, I guess we should probably start playing now. Uh, what did you take away from game four? I mean, fans, fans are just stupid, generally speaking. <laughs> Hopefully true fans will feel differently. Um, they're not trying to lose games. They're not trying to right. miss shots. 
uh, think of basketball holistically. Boston is the – I think they were number two on offense, number two on defense, right around there. Number one in adjusting net rating. Yep. All number that. one adjusting – right. So it's a very good team. So what that means is, necessarily speaking, when – and they, they're a top five or six shooting team in terms of percentages, mm -hmm. yep. and they take a lot of threes. A ton. 42 not, per game. Right. And they took, I think, 43 or something this 45. last year. 45. 45. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they've not been making many. No. And – but they are the type of team, because they're number two in defense – where they can win many of those games when they shoot poorly. Not all of them, but many of them, because they're guarding really well. Flip it to the other side. Miami's not been a good shooting team all season. I mean, obviously, they've had their moments, but mm -hmm. I think bottom five or six in percentage. Bottom four, is, yeah. Okay, bottom four. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been a few weeks since I've looked up all these numbers. I just remember a little bit. And yet they've been shooting lights out. And so when Boston's not shot well, their defense hasn't been able to do the job, in part because Miami shot so well. Kayla Martin's been unbelievable. I heard on the broadcast they said highest scoring average off the bench in 25 years. Yeah, That's astounding. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so there we have it. They, they finally put together a game where Boston shot great. Miami didn't. Had Miami shot well, I don't know what would happen. Right. But they didn't. And the law of averages caught up to them. It doesn't mean it'll catch up to them again. Uh, every game is unique in, so, in, so, in some uh, uh, style and fashion. Boston, uh, the most important thing to me was Boston was, was uh, mindful and physical. Mm -hmm. they, they, did, they weren't just going through the motions when they were mm -hmm. down six, down nine. Mm -hmm. uh, they were trying to win possessions. And, yes. and you know, it's the thing that I most, I won't say I complain because I don't really complain about it, but when I, when I listen to other I listen to smart podcasts, so it's not even them. But when I made the mistake, when I make the mistake of occasionally turning on TV <laughs> or listening to non-experts talk uh, or, or follow Twitter, which is just a shit show now, uh, not a phrase I like, but that's the reality of Twitter in general, not for the NBA, but in everything. Um, the, the, the narrative comments just isn't realistic to the players. Uh, it is beaten into our skull as players and coaches uh, about next play, next possession, or even the game. Mm -hmm. We don't really go beyond that too much. You just can't. Right. You may allow yourself the fantasy of it pretty rarely. The most disciplined guys don't. And so Boston did a good job of just saying, we just have to win these possessions mm -hmm. and we have to, let's, let's play better. Let's just shoot better. Give them a chance not to shoot well. Let's try to bring some force to the occasion mm -hmm. to make them not shoot better. And let's see what happens. And what they won. Yeah. They just have no margin for error now, but it's not it's naive to think that they can't win game five. There's no reason to think beyond that. What's gonna right. happen in game five? That's all that really matters. Literally zero margin for error from where they right. are, right? But what you said was perfect, right? So as I said, it seemed that the adjustment, of course, is to play better. And something you always talk about, and again, that's the coach throw up on my shoulder, my ear when I'm watching games. Yes, it's playing with aggression and playing harder, but it's with purpose, right? And conviction, knowing where you're supposed to rotate, right? With a, with your plan in place and executing the plan. Not just running around and, oh, let me put my hand up. No. Okay, I'm rotating here because my man, that man just left, right? Everything was done with purpose and conviction in that third quarter after that timeout. And I thought that was huge. Now, look, it's hard to play that kind of basketball for 48 minutes. Actually, it might be impossible for 48 straight minutes to play that kind of basketball in the playoffs, right? It's just really, really difficult because you're fatigued. The other team also wants to not let you do that. Right. So there's a million reasons why things don't work out that way. But this was, you know, this was a, a, a case where Boston really, to your point, they didn't think about 
you know, game five, game six. What It's like, no, we got to get better in this quarter right now on this first possession. They did that. And that's the same mindset they need. The ball tips off tonight in game five. It's not about game six. Or, no, no, no. First possession. What are we doing? Right. And if they do that and, you know, if Miami doesn't allow them to, right, like they have a chance. Right. But, you know, I think, again, this is we're going to see quite possibly maybe the best game of the series uh, tonight. Yeah, it's um, I, I think I think the way you phrase that last part is really good. Uh, you, you think about the next games will be slogs if there are if they exist. Mm-hmm. Right, if they exist, yeah, they exist. Uh, this is this could be a little bit different. Um, I could see Missoula using the scenario, the narrative to to get them to buy in, like guys mm-hmm. to sell it. Game six in Miami, they're going to be tight as hell. It doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It doesn't necessarily should have should have any effect on Game Five, but it'll just be a glimpse of hey, this is possible. If I heard um, Kirk Goldsberry and, and my friend Zach Lowe talking on their show this week, whatever day it was, last couple of days, uh, the same thing. Probably a lot of us are thinking: if ever there's going to be a comeback down 0-3, it's going to be the top seed versus the bottom seed. Oh yes. <laughs> well, so Boston was the two seed, mm-hmm. but. They had the best net margin. Mm-hmm. They clearly were the best teams of the of the, you know, the top two in the league, probably. Mm-hmm. And Miami was the eighth seed for a reason. Correct. So there's lots of other circumstances to include. The reason why the number one's not there is because Miami knocked them off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Quickly, mm-hmm. by the way. Very five. Cool. So, um, but still, if if there's ever going to be a, a a comeback, it's going to be in. It's not going to be in the eighth seed coming back down three zero. Almost like it's never happened before, obviously. Yes. And that's normally what we have. When you look at uh, series that have gone uh, 0-3. So um, it's, it's, it's just a Herculean task because the other team is brilliantly coached. And they're going to scheme and scheme and scheme and scheme and adjust and adjust. And uh, they have a world-class player in Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of players. We'll get to Denver in a little bit who don't play a lot of the talent that they have. Miami does. Mm-hmm. And they're getting someone back. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much Tyler Hero can play. Uh, so it, 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 he'd be back for the finals, uh, assuming they advance. Right, he's that, practicing now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's, I heard he's cleared to practice. So okay. I don't know if he can't play game six or game seven. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Even for just a few minutes here and there, just to give some guys rest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I, I, t- the, the key that I see from all of this is Boston's down 1-3 because Jalen Brown's just been terrible. We can look at a lot of things. But he's just – he's probably hurt. He just I can't think, make shots. Short hurt. Yeah, he can't make short shots. Hurt. And so this Boston Celtics team would not be a two seed with this Jalen Brown playing all the minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not easy to pivot. Uh, we talked about this last week. Derek White versus Malcolm Brogdon versus Jimmy Butler. Derek White's by far the superior defensive player. He's slight of build. Brogdon isn't slight of build. And so – Derek White can't do what Derek White normally does against guys like Jimmy. And so um, you've, you know, that's a factor, too, that you have to consider where, where Boston has to play well, not necessarily great, but they also have to help Miami play poorly. Mm-hmm. And this team hasn't played poorly consecutive games in a while. Yeah, yeah. And uh, on the injury front, Malcolm Brogdon is also dealing with an injury. He is. Um, so yeah. this is, you know, the, all of these little things matter. Um, you know, David, in that third quarter, one of the things that Miami 
prided itself on uh, this playoffs was not turning the ball over. Yeah, they had 15 turnovers uh, in Game Three. Uh, the last 27 points, if I'm not mistaken. And again, as I said, it seemed like literally four or five straight where the Celtics just ripped the ball from them and went down the other end and scored. And those I are like, had four. Yeah, I think and, had four and, turnovers. And those are backbreaking plays, right? When you're like, oh man, like, and now. The confidence starts swelling in Boston. Like, all right, we're we're Ding these guys up, and now we just scored on a seven zero run. Like, it, it really started to snowball. And Jimmy said after the game, you know, that impacted us on the defensive end, right? Where we, the reason why we're able to beat these guys is it's not just the first effort. And you always talk about this, coach. It's the multiple second, third, fourth, fifth effort. Well, we stopped doing the third, fourth, and fifth effort, right? It was one, maybe the second one, but not third, fourth, and fifth. And then, of course, Celtics were hitting shots. And part of the reason they weren't hitting shots in the first few games was the, the Heat were not allowing them to hit shots, right, in many cases. And this is this is the, the push-pull and the tug-of-war back and forth, what's going to happen tonight in Game 5. Uh, my lean is to bet on the team that is coached to, as you said earlier, not have two poor performances in a row, right? The team who's dealt with adversity, who I know – all right, we we did not do what we need to do, especially in that second half of, of game four. Let's come out and be better. So I expect the Heat to for sure be better. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but I do expect them to play better uh, throughout the full 48 as opposed to last game. You would hope they turn the ball over less. It's hard to predict how well they'll shoot, which is a big factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston is just so up and down. It's hard to bet that they're going to be great again. Right. Uh, um, taking 45 threes. They've been shooting more threes as the Syrian has evolved. Uh, clearly they're finding ways to get to get the looks that they want. Um, they've got some issues with do they stay big with mm-hmm. Robert and Horford? Mm-hmm. Do they go a little smaller? Uh, uh, there's a debate about it. The big lineup has not been as good in this series. No, it has not. But it has been a good lineup for them in general. How how can any lineup be really good when they can't shoot? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that I don't really know. I don't know that the big lineup isn't isn't going to be just fine for them. Um, what the, the hope is both teams play their best. Yes. That's hard for Boston with Jalen Brown being hurt. Yeah. And yeah. so that, to me, gives an advantage to Miami. And that's, I'm not picking them to win by any stretch. I right. know he's going to win. I really don't. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's not just as simple as, okay, someone else can play the Jalen Brown minutes, right? Because there's, there's nobody. Like, you're, no. you're, wherever no, you move he's, to. He's still the athlete you want him to be. He's moving correct. around great. Whoever you move to is going to be a lesser player, right? Yeah. So it's not going to work that way. I do want to point out that we talked about this uh, early. We said, why isn't this a Grant Williams series? And then he had the whole early thing, and then he got benched. But he played well yeah. um, in, in the last game. And I think this is a series still where he can be a difference maker. Look, we saw this last year in the playoffs. What, did he hit seven threes in yeah. that win against He, We know he can. We've seen him do it, right? The idea of, like, it, just because you always say it's because you did it before doesn't mean you will do it again. That is right. true. However, knowing that I once did it before does provide a level of confidence going, well, if I did it once, I know I can do it again because the evidence tells me I have done it, right? And so I think that Grant Williams defensively and hitting threes, I think was big. And he had a couple of good plays defensively in that game in game four as well. Yeah, bringing some physicality is good. Boston just showing a fight. That, that's, that, that's important. A couple of things on this. Um, I don't know if you all agree that, that his headbutting in a sense of Jimmy right. Butler – uh, uh, made any impact? No, Jimmy Butler, so. he's right. been killing. He's been killing people all postseason. Yeah. Has been headbutted or whatever Grant was doing. Um, I also, I don't know this to be true because, like I said, I don't, I don't really pay attention much to TV. But uh, I, I, I'm studying this game pretty closely, and I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I have some. I mean, it's really a coin flip game to me. 
But there are people I'm guessing who are going to speak with real confidence, conviction that they know who's going to win tonight. Of course. They're just lying. <laughs> yeah, or they're delusional. Yeah, or they're delusional. I, I promise you this. Spolster has no idea. Right. And Missoula has no idea. And they know more than any of us. Right. They, they have no idea because these are not robots. Right. Yeah. The, the, um, it, the idea that we ever know these kind of things, it's just – the, the the we know this Jalen Brown's really struggling. Mm-hmm. We does see miss an injury to his hand. Mm-hmm. He also, what was he from the free throw line last game? Bad. Oh yeah, he was he not was bad with our line last game. Yeah, he missed a number Jaylen of free Brown. throws. Yeah, two of five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was it two of five? Yep. Missed yeah. missed big big ones down the stretch. <laughs> it's uh, I just yeah, it's hard. Boston's not their best without that All NBA player, and then you know Tatum as he showed us, Tatum showed us in the Phillies. Game six and seven, like he's got some character because mm-hmm. game six was an abomination and then it was fucking heaven. Yeah, and then, and then game, game seven, seven he was old. Right, <laughs> sublime, right. So um, if Miami's up 10 with seven to play and Tatum's, you know, two of 18, don't party, Miami. Right, right. You know, right. 305, keep it chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until he's dead, he ain't yeah. dead. Yeah. So that's why this series looks, you know, if both teams are going to feel pressure. The idea that Miami's going to feel more pressure in game six, I don't know. The only team that could, the only team that could game six and then lose their season would be Boston. Yes, that's correct. plenty of pressure there. You yeah, know? No. yeah. So um, I think it's it's interesting. We might get Boston's best being down three one, just like we saw their best at the end of, of game six in Philly, and then game seven was great. Um, rebounding, uh, Miami can be really bad on the offense on the defensive mm-hmm. boards. Mm-hmm. That is something to follow. A lot of times when you get so focus on lots of other things. You forget what you had been doing that you needed to do to survive. They were a terrible defensive rebounding team against Atlanta. They've more or less solved those problems. Um, they've given up some offensive rebounds in this series because Boston's just missed a ton of shots. Right. Percentage-wise, they've been fine. But that one thing I've been thinking about is if they're if Brown does get cooking, big if, if and, and Boston starts shooting well, does does Miami get spread out and lose their focus on mm-hmm. everyone has to rebound because they can really be a bad rebounding team? Yeah. So that's something to look forward to. No question. And I think a lot of that starts with Bam Adebayo, who was not good in game four. Yeah. Uh, I think he had five rebounds total, if I'm not mistaken, um, which definitely not good for him. Um, yeah, five total. He had 10 points, only got seven shot attempts in 35 minutes. Um, and part of that was the Celtics trying to, you know, take stuff away from him. Um, but you know, you always talk about the disposition, disposition to dominate, yeah. right? And, and I think Bam has to come with that tonight in Game Five uh, because he is that kind of, you know, player for them on both ends, defensively and again in that mid range. We talked about it during the season. There was a point where you were like, when Bam shoots that, you're like, I'm surprised it doesn't when it doesn't yeah. go in. Yeah, you know, so he's got to get himself back to that level like he was early part in this series. He's got to make Horford look like an old man, mm-hmm. and sometimes he does, and sometimes he doesn't. They are very reliant on him as a three-point shooter, as a floor spacer, uh, just a really solid cog in the middle. Um, if, if he can be made to look silly, just old, huge advantage for Miami. That's on Bam. Uh, but Horford's wily, smart. I mean, this guy, this guy was winning championships in, you know, 06, 07, you know. <laughs> he just, was in Florida, yeah. Yeah, so he's been around a long – he and Jeff Green are still alive. And we might have two games. They played in the final – I want to say that was a sweet 16 game, Florida-Georgetown. Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Green was great. Corey Brewer was better. Horford was on the team, Noah. 
But yeah, those guys, that's a, that's a long time ago. My kids were like five or six years old. They're 22 in a week. And these guys are still playing and once in the finals already, the other's about to be. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's it's the, the longevity of these guys uh, now and, and what they're still able to contribute. Of course, headlined by LeBron James and just what, you know, he's yeah. still able to do at this age. For sure. Um, is It's incredible, right? And I think this is, this is also the evolution of the modern athlete, right? Like, it's just more possible now. In the 50s and 60s, this wasn't a thing. Couldn't do it. But now... You have to be dedicated you, mm-hmm. to your eating, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, taking care of your body and all those kinds of things. If you, if you aren't, you're still better off than the, the players from yesteryear because of the other training things that are happening. But if you are, you could really uh, elongate your career by a significant margin. Absolutely. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the Denver Nuggets. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couples therapist for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. All right, David, Denver uh, with the four-game sweep of the Los Angeles Lakers, and they are now sitting nice and pretty uh, nine days off until they play, um, which, you know, I, I know that, that that starts the whole rest versus rust debate, right? And players will often talk about being in a rhythm. And yeah. yes, they're, they're going to scrimmage at some point, I'm sure, over these nine days, but that's not going to be the same as an NBA Finals type of intensity, and they will all tell you that. But we here at True we like science. Um I think it's beneficial, right? Especially, if, let's just say this goes, that other series goes six or God forbid seven, right? Like, yeah, the other team that comes in is going to have more of that rhythm of the team playing, but also going to be beat to shit and exhausted. And we talked about this, I want to say towards the end of the regular season, where we said we'd favor any of the East top teams over the West. But one thing we liked about the West was they don't have to beat all three of them. They only got to beat one of those teams. And if that team from the Eastern Conference comes out battered and bruised, like let's say this pushes to seven, huge advantage for Denver in game one. I think so. Uh, plus it's at altitude. And, and that. <laughs> if it's if it's Miami wins. But Boston has home court over Denver. No? I believe they do. How dumb am I for not knowing that? Yeah, let me, I'm I'll, really I'll dumb. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I really thought Boston had the second best record in the league. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, 57-25. Yes, they will. Yep. Boston will have home, home yeah, court. So that, that'd be really good at Boston. Not that I think they win the series. It's 25% chance maybe. Right. To win the Maybe. series, mm-hmm. um, I, enormously helpful. For, I, I thought I literally thought, boy, did Boston just win the championship for Denver when Boston mm, beat, when Boston just beat pushing this an extra game because Mike Malone won't play guys. He was down to seven in uh, in game four, 
down seven. I mean, he he really took the chance of, well, uh, we're going to be dead in the water game five in Denver with playing just seven guys, but that's what I'm doing. And it worked out, mm-hmm. and he looks like a genius. I, I question that. But um, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Brett, uh, uh, Bruce Brown's been playing great. I, think, I still don't think he only played 20 minutes. Bruce Jeff Brown and Jeff 10. Green are the only two people off the yeah. bench. He's even, yeah. Christian Braun makes one bad mistake, yeah. yanked. And didn't even play in that game. So, um, but the finals does have some games where they, there's more of a break on next mm-hmm. day. Is it, what is the schedule for finals? Thir- so Thursday for game one, Thursday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. So they're going to have two days off in between and then Wednesday for game three. So, right. So yeah, that's, that's a big advantage for Denver. Um, uh, for the reasons I'm describing, they got all this break and then some time in between those games as well. Cause they just are, it, they're plenty deep. Don't, Anyone that says they're not deep, they're just they don't understand basketball, or they just don't pay attention. Mike Malone's choosing choosing not to play those guys. It's working. I we have nothing yeah. to say. If if it doesn't work out and they end up losing the championship, um, I don't think he'll be coaching in Denver next year. He'll get coaching somewhere else. That's my opinion. But that'll be one of the reasons is they they put together a hell of a team and he doesn't really care. That's one of the things that we talked about. We we said early. You and I both said this. If Denver if Denver doesn't make the conference finals, at least. Malone's probably gone. Definitely but gone. You, but you still think even yeah. if if they lose, he'll he'll be gone. Well, they he and uh, the reporting that I've had is that he and Calvin Booth don't talk. I have no idea what the truth is. Right. Calvin Booth brought some good players in. Mm-hmm. Mike Malone gave a fuck. He's winning the games. Maybe Calvin says, you know what, coach, you were right. Let's be best friends. Let's just have a working relationship. Right. But we know like what happened with Quinn Snyder and Dennis Lindsay. There'd been lots mm-hmm. of reporting about that. They just stopped speaking. It lasted for a little bit. Maybe that'll be the case here in Denver. Um, Mike Malone's going to be employed somewhere next year. That won't be the problem. It, right. it very well could be the case where, not that he's fired, but he just says, win or lose, I, I want to I be able to have a relationship with my general manager. Uh, I have no idea what he thinks of the owner. I, I don't have any reporting on that. Um, there's lots of really good jobs open, right? Toronto's like still that. open. Uh, 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 Milwaukee is still open. Phoenix, Phoenix is open. Philly is open. open. Right, of course, Sixers. So, yeah, Mike Malone's going to be employed next year somewhere, and and maybe maybe he'll figure it out. Like I said, winning sometimes does allow bridges to be built, so sure. that maybe they can figure. And and again, he gambled, and it's worked out for him. I thought it was a mistake. Clearly, I was wrong. They've won these games, um, and and they're playing well. They're a connected group. I've said that all year. That's that's not the issue. They're, but a, they're a connected group. But your premise about that isn't wrong, right? I mean, they have guys they traded to get. It's like, well, why did and you trade for Reggie? And draft Right. Why did you get Reggie Jackson and Thomas Bryant to not to, to not play them? I mean, even James Najee, play, play Christian, bro, play somebody. You played seven dudes. I think they would have lost game five had they lost game four. They'd have been dead. I mean, everyone's playing 40-plus minutes. And, I mean, now, don't even get me started on Tristan Thompson making an appearance. Like, what the fuck? We're going to get to the Lakers. I'll, I'll leave it for that. We're going to get to the Lakers and what that means. We will. Is. We yeah. will. But I mean, it's worked for Mike Malone. It, it very well. I mean, it's hard for me to pick against the world's best player and right. his prime. It, sure. it, and it's not, he's not up and coming going to be the best player. He's the best. And so um, I'm wrong all the time. Everyone is. But for three years, I've been saying he's the best player in the world. And he got two MVPs. And now I think he's got a real chance to win a championship. Um, I love Embiid. I love Giannis. Jokic is the best player in the world. Yeah, and, and that's, that's bearing out. I will say this, even though we will get to the Lakers. Darvin Ham did play Tristan Thompson, and 
they didn't get killed in the minutes he nope. was on the floor. No, listen, like, they it, actually it, did well. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm going to get into Darvin Ham in a minute <laughs> because I I think that 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 was a very foolish decision he made. Finally, in Game Four, he could have he could have played on the base all year long. Um, let's just say one more thing on Jokic, if we can. And, oh, and we'll, you may we'll, want to. We'll, we'll say a bunch more we about him things. and Jamal Murray. Yeah, so yeah. let's start with Jokic right now. Uh, the two circus shots he made. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I've told you the story, I'm sure, once before, how at Five Shark Camp back in the 90s, they did what's called a situation tournament, which was held sometimes the last, uh, second last night of camp, where before the third and last night, where you, before the playoffs started, sometimes earlier than that, where you had, let's say, it was all shirts and skins at Five Shark. So let's say situation one is skins down two with the ball at half court, 30 seconds left in the game. And and there's all sorts down, uh, some team is down three, eight seconds to go. It's not a good scenario, whatever. And, and as a coach, it's the best because you're just X and Oing all the time. Right. It's so great. Uh, the players don't love it so much until you start winning. And now you're, because all these situations are so exciting. So um, I, I, in one year, the very first game of, it's a tournament. So let's say mm-hmm. there's 10 teams in a tournament. The first game of the tournament counts in your regular season record. Regular season meaning the week before the playoffs. After that, no, nothing else matters. And so I already clinched first seed. And there were eight NBA players that week in the camp. So Vince, Steph was there, Vince Carter was there, whatever, uh, Tim Thomas, all these guys. And my team was undefeated for the week. It didn't matter if we lost this game. And so we, they had us play Steph. We'd already beaten Steph in the regular, during the week. And I really outplayed him. He was amazing. Steph so, being Stephon Marbury, for yeah, those of you who sorry, are unclear. Yeah, and not Steph Curry. He was barely alive. That probably barely born, yeah. So Marbury, and I have witnesses to this, not one, not two, three half-court to three-quarter court shots to beat us in the situations, okay? Now, did two of the three come late? For sure. Did I think, my brother insists, all three were after the whistle, but, it, but there's no, you know, we're outside. Right, Some right. dudes has got a score to keep, you know, it's not perfect. It's Steph Marbury. <laughs> They're going to count it. And I was thrilled because I just wanted to rest my guys. Right, right. I didn't care about matching wits with everyone else. I'd done enough of that. I just want to relax and enjoy. And Stephon made all three. And it was a great, another great lesson of what the blue chippers can do. I've seen Grand Hill beat Florida single-handedly in the Final Four. I've seen Stackhouse do some amazing things as a high school player, blah, blah, blah. Well, what you just saw, what a blue chipper does. Like, those two threes that he made, right foot, off balance, mm-hmm. these are low percentage shots. But Shot the ball behind his head. Like, because like, I mean, he had to, to get it mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. This is what the world's best players do. It's like, are you surprised Lionel Richie wrote another great song or Mozart <laughs> composed another great op, whatever? Like, these are the best in the world at what they do, and this is what they do. Right. Yes. Yes. Now, Jokic, those two shots in so many ways define his brilliance, right? Because for sure, you know what he does best. The, 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 right, because it's the passing and the, the the understanding of the game and orchestrating where to go. I I've, I've said this before on on this episode. One of my favorite things about watching Jokic is when guys first come and play with him, and he's directing them where to go on, on the court, and they're looking at him like, no, but the play's not. No, no, just run where I'm telling you. Go there. All right, they go there, fucking wide open layup. He's like, and the the guy looks the running back looking at him like. Yeah, because I know what I can see this, my friends. I see the game. I know where the rotations are coming from. I get it. You just follow me and do what I tell you to do. And it works because he's it's, fucking brilliant. It's very funny you said that just now. We have not talked uh, off air about this. Uh, I had a dream last night of Jokic. Uh, this is not <laughs> typical of me dreaming about NBA players. 
um, playing chess on the basketball court, literally. I don't remember who the other guys were on the court. It may not have been Nuggets players. It was a dream. But he was doing like next level shit and I was announcing. <laughs> and I was saying this like, like he saw this move three plays in advance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He just has an amazing feel. He's not perfect. Um, he, his, he does allow his physical detriments to slow him down, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a great jumper. That helps him. He's always mm-hmm. in contact with the ground def- offensively, mm-hmm. offensive boards. Um, he's, uh, he's a pace pusher. That was a big part of the series. He just rebounded and ran. Um, Miami is a slower paced team. I could see if they get to the finals, he's going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to push pace and his really elite conditioned yeah, and he, he, yeah. elite conditioned. And to your point about controlling things, uh, uh, we may have mentioned this recently. Jordan talked about in the last dance, how he, he used to just out athlete everybody. He mm-hmm. said this, his voice. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older, he realized with his mind, he could really control the game. I thought Giannis found that level in the Phoenix series three years yeah, back, probably. two years mm-hmm. back, whatever, mm-hmm. where he just realized, oh, I can control everything here. Yep. It's an amazing – I've never had that feeling. Not <laughs> <play>. <laughs> um, uh, it's a very rare thing. Steph Curry's probably had it a few times. Draymond probably even. I looked up the other day. When, one season – I think it was the year they went – they won 73 games. Draymond's uh, on-off on court numbers were plus 26. Like, it's just outrageous. Out- outrageous. outrageous. What are you doing? So that's a sign of something. Yes. I think Jokic is at that point now where he really he just has a firm control of everything when he's on the court, mm-hmm. which is why he's on the court forty five minutes or so. Yeah. yeah, no, they they are incredible, and that the the things that right the the not abil- the ability to or the lack of ability to jump and all that stuff that's actually what's going to make him still be a great player well into his late thirties if he decides to keep playing because well I can never jump off the ground anyway so what difference does it make right like. So, so I think it'll be fine. To that point, uh, not that we're rushing to get him out of here, um, there is a level of minimum athleticism that's required in most positions uh, that the players that, that rely on craft and intelligence and skill more than athleticism, when they run out of that level of athleticism, they're done. Like Shane Battier retired quickly. There's a lot yeah. of those guys. Uh, I don't know enough data on the five position. But I, I, agree, I agree with you. I think Jokic is around as long as he wants to be. Um, but he does get up and down well. He just doesn't he does. jump well. Correct. So Correct. We, it is something to monitor with him. But he's done a great job changing his body. And, uh, I mean, I watched the game closely the other night, fourth quarter. He was still fit in the fourth quarter. He was fit. He was moving. He Slim did not, Jokic. He did, yeah, right. <laughs> Little Jokic. He did not, did not show a sign. Yeah, when, when my, my brothers were in college, they had a, a, a friend named Big because he's a yeah. big dude. Yeah. And one summer he came back to school. I was already out of college. Came back to school. He had lost a lot of weight. And my, my brother Mike's a very, very, very – you haven't met him yet. You'd love him. He's a very witty guy. <laughs> he's like, do we have to call you medium now? <laughs> that was a good line. <laughs> so uh, Jokic is like small now nah, compared to what he was. Yeah. Like, Kevin Love too, by the way. Well, it's funny, right? Mike Malone talked – Michael Malone, excuse me, talked about this after the game. Anybody that told you they knew Nicole was going to be a two-time MVP is full of shit. They're lying. He's like, no, right? And, and you said that. No, nobody. I say two-time. I'd have said best in the world if you lost weight. Yeah. Yeah. But he, because I Malone. Know, I know Malone said that. Because Malone was like, he came to summer league. And I was like, oh, this is a smart, good player. But like, he's fat. And like, right? Oh, oh back then I, I predicted nothing right. about him. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, I, who, who yeah. could see any of this, right? Right. That right. yeah, shows dedication. And it's about the chest. 
um, you know, you saw Queen's Gambit, the Netflix series. And remember that scene where she's lying in bed and she's staring at the ceiling and she's seeing the chessboard, right? Of course. That's that's Jokic in so many ways, right? But on the floor, he's like, oh, no. I know where the rotation is. I know exactly what's going to happen. Trust me. Just cut here right now. This is going to be open. It's beautiful when you – and that's the thing, right? Most fans, when they watch the game, they can't see those things. And I know I always say to you, oftentimes for me to see it, I have to rewatch it in the morning on Synergy at half speed. And I go, oh, there it is, right? But in that real time when it's going, I don't, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, right? It's like so fast, but it's amazing when guys can do that. Um, Jamal Murray, he, we said it last, last episode, one of the best shot makers in the NBA. And he tough was, shot makers. Yeah. He was incredible in this series. 34 points. I think he averaged on like 54, wow. 40 something, 95. I mean, he was, it was both, both of them were incredible. Yeah. And they're two man game. And their connection that they have with each other, you could see like it's just it's brilliant. These are guys who clearly they are basketball partners and they just know everything about each other's game. And when they need to get buckets late in the possession or whatever, they know what they're running. They have an identity. That's what I think I, I when I the more I watch Denver, this team understands who it is on both ends of the court. Right. They know who they are offensively. They know who they are defensively. And as I said on Monday, this is they've gone through the collective pain of losing in the playoffs and right and Murray and MPJ being out the last two postseasons. Like this isn't some fly by night team. Like they, they've gone through the lumps and they have all of the characteristics. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. That would suggest they are ready to win an NBA championship. I mean, their defense is suspect. If they if they end up being average, it could be enough because their offense. They have the world's best player. Yeah, and it just it just goes through. Uh, I mean, I saw I was talking to Henry yesterday. I, I Barkley Barkley was right there as world's best player mm-hmm. and never won a championship. Mm-hmm. Very few absolute best in the world didn't win during their peak time. At right. least one. Right. Very very few or get to the finals at least. Right, but uh, yeah, exactly. Well, they're in the finals, but they normally win it. They're they're a best. Like who didn't Barkley? Like who right. hasn't won any when they were at one point the best in the world? Right. Grant Hill. When he was the best in the world, his team was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wasn't the best for long. Jokic has been there three years, and here we go. He's in his yeah. first finals. He's the best in the world. Uh, you mentioned Calvin Booth making some uh, awesome pickups, and I agree. Um, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Aaron yeah. Jordan are, you know, and it's cliche, but I think it's true, David, like starring in your role, right? Like we talked about the Miami Heat on Monday, and you wrote a great piece about Miami's fuck you culture. This is what you do well. I'm going to, as a coach, put you in a position to do those things for us because they impact winning, which that is the whole point of why we're here. And Bruce, not only does Bruce play well defensively, that whole idea about pace, I know you watch the games, every time when he's on the floor and he gets the ball, he is racing up and he gets these layups. I'm like, they happen just because you guys are running back on defense. He blew by the Lakers and, 10 times. And, and you're, layups you, the rim. you cover the Nets. Yeah. Uh, do you remember how he pl- what position he played for the Play the five. Play yeah. the five. He's a guard for them. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. Nothing in Brooklyn was just fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I doubt Denver is the only team in the NBA that would be better having him on their team as a guard. Other teams probably just didn't have the imagination that and he could do it. Is, and is it that much imagination? No, not at all. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it doesn't seem like it to me. No. It seems pretty, pretty no. simple. No, his it's his story is an important story. How he plays in the finals, 
But you we'll know, see. These, these other teams have some veteran players that have been been there mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Help. It just it helps to have the big fella. It oh. helps to have that guy. He's just and he's and he's the and he's the right guy. And like Giannis, one of the one of the best about Giannis is he's such a humble guy. He's such mm-hmm. a hardworking guy. You you want to play well for him. That's mm-hmm. a big factor in when you're sure. the world's best player. Uh, Jokic is of the same mold. Mm-hmm. You clearly look at his body, mm-hmm. his sense of commitment. Uh, it's it, he's. I mean, just by sheer ability to pass. Like, who wouldn't want to play with this guy? Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a confidence that can come from that. I spoke to a Nuggets player last night who's never been in the finals before. Just wait. Like <laughs> you, I said, the reason why. The, the 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 if Miami had won Game Four, they weren't going to play three days later. Right. It's because the international media has got to be able to schedule everything out. They've got to mm-hmm. book lots of international media coming. Right. And he's he said he's a smart kid. He said, yeah, that's what I figured. It was something along the lines. Said, yeah, you're going to be. I've been to a lot of finals games. Uh, it's a it's a throng of people. Get ready. It's, it's a whole a, different a level of media. <laughs> it's a scene, and so it's going to take a little bit to to adjust. Whereas Miami, a lot of those guys have done it. I mean, starting naming all the Martin hasn't done it. No, Martin hasn't. But Hero, but Kyle Lowry, all that. And it was different in the bubble. I just mm-hmm. now realized that. No, no fans, no media in that way. Oh, no. yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, I mean, you, every, you've been to All Star Game. It's like that the podiums and like the I, whole the I, drums. I left the All Star weekend before the actual before. game. Okay. It, but it's I, just, but I know what you mean. Yeah. The, it's just everywhere. And you're going to get a whole bunch of just like the press conference room is full. Now they have done a little bit differently because of COVID and like letting who in and what. But It'll be something different media-wise these guys have never seen. Um, I think with Jokic, so much of it is about ball sharing, ball finding energy. And when you know you're going to touch the ball, it makes you do all the other things you want to do, right? It's very hard to play basketball and do the screening, boxing out, and all the other stuff when I'm never going to touch the ball ever, right, on, on, on the if other J- end. If Jamal Murray was their best player, they would not be close to being in the finals. He's a great player because Jokic is their best player. He can get very sticky with the ball. But when you're on a team with Jokic, you can put up with it. And he's also a great, you know, big-time shot maker, and that helps your team. You're trying to win. Uh, Jokic has to be their best player for Murray to do what he's doing as the number two. Um, you know, we, we talked about um, all the different players on, on on Denver contributing. You know, I yes, everybody knows MPJ is my kind of guy. But I, I just thought, David, in that series, we talked about it on Monday, thought he played well. Um, it's not just about as you said, it's about impacting winning. Shot making and making shots is one way you can impact winning. An important way for sure. You got to score more points to win. But can you get, grab rebounds? And I think he averaged double digits and rebounds in that series. And David, these weren't the kinds that were just like, you know, the lucky rebounds you get where you're just in the right place and the ball caroms off far. No one's around you and it falls right in your hand. Well, that counts as a rebound on your stat, right? Because you got the rebound. But MPJ was battling for defensive possessions and getting them in there amongst the Lakers' other players. And that's how you end defensive possessions, right? You give you play 24 seconds of great defense, but you give up the offensive rebound. Well, then you didn't play great defense because they got the ball back. Um, a number of times in that series, I thought defensively on the rebounding end, he did a good job. Um, I thought he competed uh, with his man in front of him when he got by. He would use his length to try to get blocked shots and passing. He had six assists, five assists, like had some nice assist total games where old MPJ, he gets the ball, he's firing it up right it's, away. It's a hard game. Young guys fuck up. He's growing up. <laughs> He's growing up. He's learning the game. Uh, credit to the coaches as well as to himself. Um, he's going to have his hands full in this next series, For sure. regardless. It, uh, obviously, Jimmy Butler is good. Jason Tatum's good. Um, the Miami runs more tactical stuff. Boston it just has more talent. And so you're nervous about who's going to get open and where. 
you've got to think the game. But listen, they just got they just got done beating a, a talented Lakers team. So I think his growth has been huge. A, a talented team that you were high on all season long, and you you know, and you you like and it 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 bore itself out right because they were. They didn't get they didn't get blown out in this series. Like yes, they lost in four, but like uh, they had chances to win every game they were they, they were in. Right, just again the the old age of LeBron and AD. You know, I think caught up to them. Right, the minutes and we saw it for sure in game in game four. LeBron was played every minute of the first half. Was awesome in the third quarter. You know, like you silly, I had the sound on. Should I had the sound off? Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Well, he got to just attack the paint. I'm like, he can't. He just played, right? He played every minute. He literally cannot. The, the Nuggets <laughs> players were were saying, uh, according to one, um, like they're so tired. LeBron is so tired. They knew it, and they and this is something players do feel. Um, so yeah, you know, no surprise. Darvin Ham played his guys too many too many minutes, and the fact that he finally played a center as a <laughs> AD, and it was Tristan Thompson who did fine. He did. He did. Listen, he they, did. They, the, the Lakers had success during the season with backup centers against Jokic, but it just that's Darvin Ham just didn't want to do it. He wants to play small with Hachimura, or whatever, and um, it's it was a mistake. Yeah, he he uh, they got out coached in that series, in my opinion. Darvin did better as the as the playoffs went on, but he I thought they didn't they didn't just, they didn't just got to play. They got out coached too. Well, let, let's get to the, the Lakers. Um, you said this about Missoula, and I used to say about Ham. He's as bad as he's going to be as yeah. a head coach right now. Like, I would not fire either guy. Next year, if they are in the same position, you expect him to be a much better coach in this position than he was this year. Or maybe not much better, but better. Yeah. Better. better. And all, I don't know either gentleman. I know this. I thought Ty Lue got better every year. It helped that he went to four straight. Um, that really helps a lot. It really helps a lot. When you, uh, you just have the reference point almost like on your river mirror. Um, so yeah, you should, you should, if you, if you are humble, mm-hmm. you learn from your mistakes, you watch the games over again and maybe a month when it's out of your, the pains out of your system and you figure out what could you do differently. They have a lot of work they have to do mm-hmm. because LeBron mm-hmm. is just, he's, he, they've got to change what they're doing with him. For sure. They've Clearly. got to change. Yeah. Clearly. Um, okay. So from a Lakers priority standpoint. Austin Reeves to me has got to be at the top of the list. So you got to find a way to get him back in there. Now the problem with that is they have salary cap con- constraints. I'm pretty sure is he a the, the, restricted free agent? Yes, oh, unrestricted. I think unrestricted. Um, and maybe you're right. Other teams saw him play in the and play well. I can't imagine they're going to be like not throwing offers at this kid. I mean, they'd be stupid if they didn't. Oh, they're definitely. I mean, he's. I I don't know what his status was because I'm focused on this season right now still, but. The, I thought the Lakers lost the series by not featuring him more. And that's too LeBron centric. I'm with you. I'm with too you. Too LeBron centric. I'm with you. Oh, restricted. Okay, he's restricted. That's what I thought, free agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's restricted. So Lakers can match. Yeah. Well, and, and should. I was going to say. Well, you, they, well, hold on. You asked. You asked me a question. That document. What? What? Mm-hmm. What do they do? Right. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that has to happen is the conversation with LeBron and AD. Right. Are we are, are we committed to you guys? Are you committed to us? How does that work out? And if, if the answer is yes, you have to keep Austin Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to also make some ag- agreement with LeBron. Like, we're, we're, you're, you're never playing more than 25 minutes a game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until we get to the postseason. It's a long way from now. We can, recon- we can reconsider in the postseason. But we're cutting you to 25. I picked the number. I'm not going to pick the number. Scientists should. Mm-hmm. And LeBron's allowed to have a say in it. 
but right. but we're not going to get you get to 30 plus. Whatever the number of science says, we're, we're committed to that. AD, same thing. We're, you, you know, uh, we're not playing you 40 ever. Mm-hmm. We're never playing you more than 30, whatever. Whatever the scientists say. Um, do some, they have the money. They can do some research on it, hire sure. some good people. And then you start building the talent around it. It starts with Austin for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Austin for sure has got to come back. I think they, they like Ruby too. I think Rui, Rui stays probably if they, if they, if yeah, they he's a very there. good. I mean, those are two very good offensive players now. So now we have to find some good defensive players. Uh, cause that's important. You, you got Vanderbilt on defense. Now this is where I know, cause the Lakers aren't good at this. Can he develop the offensive side of his game? Not everything in one mm-hmm. summer, but can he add something this summer that, okay, that way we don't have to worry about not playing him in the playoffs. No, you're two way. We can play you in the playoffs. Right. I mean, that's anybody. If you can be elite, you can, we can find room for you. But if you really can't shoot at all, it's a problem. And, that, and so that's a problem for them. But uh, it's a good problem to have. He's not going to be that expensive. No, yeah, and he's they, young. They, they've got a lot of – I mean, Gabriel can come back. He's probably unrestricted as a free agent, but they didn't play him at all. Um, Surprising. Yeah, Malik Beasley, I don't remember yeah. what's his status. Uh, uh, they stopped team. playing him totally. They benched D'Lo in that, in that game. Yeah. Yeah, D'Lo too. Obviously, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be I, I, married. I, I, to, I wouldn't be married to those guys. Yeah. Oh, so the, the, he has a he has a team option uh, for next year. Malik Who does? Beasley. Malik Beasley. Yeah, um, so they could get rid of that at, at a big number too, sixteen million. Yeah, they so, get rid of that. So they can pay Reeves. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably what they do. Is, yeah. is what I think. Listen, Miami has shown everyone if you coach them up right, you can have some undrafted players with low salaries. Yeah. And we're going to get into that now because we're going to talk about a little bit about. Um, the 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 draft combine um you know so it was it, it happened last week and names are starting to bubble up and you know we've talked about this david everybody's saying oh this is a three-player draft and you know you've come out numerous times and said teams that go into the draft thinking about a player versus players do this wrong and i agree with you of course everybody knows you want and need a blue chip the blue chippers, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Of course, we all know that. You can't win ultimately without the blue chippers. But this ain't five games of one-on-one. You need a roster full of other guys who impact winning. And that's what you should be using the combine for. Who are guys that can impact winning? And, and they're, I mean, I don't know how many players at the combine. 200, 400, no, whatever. It's, uh, 40. 40-ish. 40 players. Yeah. Okay. I have to imagine of those 40, there are players who can impact winning there. I'm 40, sure. Listen, it was 40-ish plus 37 that didn't even come. Okay. That were invited to come. So, in other words, the entire first round, for those guys think they're first-rounders anyway. They didn't even come. So, you're looking at somewhere around, to your point, 60-something yeah. guys that could help a team. Not next year. Right. Years from now. Yeah. yeah. Years from now. Then, then, then uh, that could help your franchise ultimately win games. Yeah. And that is incumbent on you as a franchise to identify who and, those and, players are. And, and more importantly, develop them. Correct. Yeah. F- Correct. Figure out what is it about this young man that fits our culture that we can develop into a productive player, productive vision player that helps us win games uh, in the aggregate, whether it's more offense, more defense, both in the aggregate. There's plenty of guys that did it. Um, uh, the guy that took the biggest jump uh, in everyone's mock draft mm-hmm. or – evaluation is the only young man I've really t- spent a lot of talking to. I've never gone on the court with him. I've been on the court watching him is the kid. Um, they call him Omax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia. Olivier, Prosper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prosper from Marquette. Mm-hmm. Very, very athletic. Um, 
got a little OG in his in his game, maybe more athletic than OG. High level defender, seven one wingspan. Um, that uh, shut down Jordan Hawkins from Connecticut twice. Remember, Marquette won the Big East regular season and the tournament. Mm-hmm. And so I, people, I mean, now he's in mock drafts in the first round or, or very yep. high second. L- late, late first round now. I, mm-hmm. I don't know the truth. And when I, here's what I mean. I don't think anyone's lying. Um, I'm not really engaged in the draft process right now. I will be when the finals are over. Uh, uh, for me, when a team tells me we're, we're probably going to take him as one of two. And there's one team that does that great. When there's seven teams drafting, let's say 20 to 30, seven teams all have him as a top two or three of the guys they project. Remember, all these guys do their own mocks. Mm-hmm. So they're projecting who's going to be there. They do it every day or minute, multiple mm-hmm. times a day. Who's going to be there? He's one of two or three rejected either that we really like. Now you got a good chance to me to be a, like a first round pick is, is good. I have no idea if those mock drafts are reporting based on their own evaluation or on what teams are telling you. It's early in the process. But to your point, to me, your bigger point, uh, we we always talk about playing defense, but we don't draft it. Correct. And it's a huge mistake. I think it's a huge mistake. It is you, half the game. You, you can't play a guy for defense anymore and you can't play a guy for offense. Correct. Yeah. And and uh, it, it, it's it's a shame that we don't uh, – that enough teams appreciate that. Like Caleb Martin went undrafted. This crazy athletic dude went undrafted. His brother, his twin, who I thought was more of a shot, he was looking to score more, got drafted. This, is, this young man's a better player. I liked him more coming out. And um, look what's happening. And, and he's learned to score. <laughs> he's learned to score. Caleb Martin, Max Schroes, Gabe Vincent, all undrafted, Duncan Robinson, and Bruce Brown, uh, second round pick. No, Duncan was, was the second round. Uh, uh, I said Bruce Brown second round pick. Oh right, right. Yeah. Duncan was undrafted too. Right, the, right. So four undrafted guys and a second round pick, starring in the conference finals. One already in the NBA finals. Yeah, right. The other, the other four are likely to be there soon. Right. So, it, uh, and they and they, if they're undrafted, that means every team passes them twice. Right. That's what that means. Miami isn't like, and this is not a, a knock on Miami, but it's not Miami doesn't possess the genius of player development anybody could have found these guys and do it it's it's a want to i feel like david you've got to want to do that put in the time hire the right people have the right culture and strategy in place and have the right program and i just don't know that enough teams care enough about it well, and want I to put do, the resources do, into doing I, it i do know that they don't <laughs> i mean i do know that they don't uh the teams that do a better job are, are really advantaged in this and um uh, if I was an owner of a team and paying attention, because a lot of these owners don't pay much attention, I would think uh, you would see Miami play, and you and you would see Jokic, by the way, and say, "Don't give me an excuse, guys, that we don't have enough lottery picks. Just mm-hmm. don't do it." Giannis was out of the lottery. Kawhi's mm-hmm. out of the lottery. Mm-hmm. Jokic, second um, round. Mm-hmm. middle second round, like that's not acceptable. Not acceptable. Jimmy Butler went thirtieth in the first round. Mm-hmm. He was dead last. We we've got a we've got to select the right kind of player for our for what we want to run, or we have to adjust what we want to run to the player that we have. Correct. And we have to create an environment. You know, Miami didn't create Jimmy Butler. Correct. They just recognize he fits our system well. But these other guys, they did kind of create in the G League process. I wrote about this in that article mm-hmm. about the fuck you culture. That I got that from an NBA coach who said to me, they have a fuck you culture. You don't like what we're doing, fuck you. We 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 have faith in it. And you know, you thought they were lucky in the bubble. Well, right. they've just proven no, no. Yeah. That yeah. was that was just Miami v. Miami. 
No, Spovey and Spo. Yeah, they did, a, they did an incredible job. Uh, speaking of the draft, um, you put this in the doc. So the Spurs want a, want a point guard, um, probably to pair with Wemby, what I'd imagine. Um, so what are you thinking? San Antonio might do move move on from Devin Vassell, possibly. Where what are the Spurs thinking? So, a couple of things. Um, no fucking way. Well, let me ask you: <laughs> Who would you trade Wemby for? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, in 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 the in the like, uh, you mean players that's active right now? Yep. If Milwaukee <laughs> comes to you with Giannis, if Philly comes to you with Embiid, if Denver comes to you with Jokic, who are you trading? Embiid, no, because um, the injuries. Uh, look, I know this sounds blasphemous, but I'm just not because I I don't know what I have. Jokic, I probably would do because he's the best player in the world right now and only 26. And Giannis, you could convince me Giannis, but Embiid definitely not because of his in- injury history and his age. Definitely not. But I don't know. Wemby could be the best player in the league in three years. That's very possible. Yeah, there's no one. The answer, the answer to the question is no one. No one. Right. I understood your point. Right. They, first of all, the team isn't built to win a championship. You have to totally Correct. overhaul everything if you got Jokic, whatever. Uh, Wemby can do a lot of what Jokic does and just be better on defense. Right? He shoots threes better and he handles the ball better. He cannot pass like Jokic. That's yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Like, there's other ways to win. Embiid is going to be beaten. He can't pass like Jokic. That, <laughs> this guy has all that upside and a much better defensive upside than Jokic. Mm-hmm. He, he could be even better than Embiid. Uh, and he is going to capture European fans in a way yeah. Jokic doesn't. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, know yeah. why. I don't know anything about that. Oh, we'll we'll when, get to that in a minute. Wemby is going to get – I mean, he is going to be the face of basketball. I'm telling you. He's going to be the face of the international basketball in a way, Luca hasn't been, mm-hmm. and um, and and Jokic hasn't been. He's going. To I be. like that. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, David. Uh, in an interview he gave recently, he's obviously talking about being on the French national team. Of course, the FIBA World Cups this summer, uh, which he will be on that team. Yeah. Uh, also, the Paris Olympic team in 2024. He's like, I want to win the gold for Paris, and I want to beat Team USA in the gold medal game. I'm like, I like this kid. I really like this kid. Like he's, you know, like I think he gets it from a global sense and like what he, but I think he also understands that basketball is the main thing and he's going to keep that the main thing. He's got a good team around him. Uh, I think San Antonio is a perfect place for him to be. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm so excited about him coming into the league and uh, what he can do. And I hope the Spurs can, you know, do the right things and put the right pieces around him. For and, the and so to that point, I don't want them to trade Devin Vassell. And I probably, they probably won't. He's 22 years old. He's so he's matching up great age. Oh my God. Cause he came out as a, as a freshman after no, he came out right? to two years, but he was 19 when he came out. Okay. So he's okay. 37 plus percent on high volume threes as a 19 year old. I mean, I'm sorry, as a 22 year old this year, he didn't play a ton because of injuries, but I also think that was part of the tanking job. Mm-hmm. I don't know this to be sure, but um, he's going to be a high level defender. He's going to be, he's going to be a Chris Middleton type. I think, which I always thought he would be. Uh, to uh, he's got a lot of Reggie Miller in his game. He shoots the ball way above his head. He's hard to get to. And having known him because we saw him in person when my son visited Florida State, mm-hmm. like just the most infectious personality. I spoke to a Spurs player this year a few times about him. Like he was their favorite veteran. Like just a great guy. Just a three star athlete coming out of high school. Wow! Like See, Florida again. State offered him. Uh, and like, because no one else above like low major offered Florida state was the only one to do it. Then I think others came and two years later, he's in a lottery pick and he's 
Yeah, they're gonna pay him a lot of money. He's the perfect guy to play with Victor. Perfect. I like guy. it. Yeah. So I'm I would not trade for that anyone. duo. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think they will. I, I I like that duo. Very excited about this. Um, you, you mentioned face of the NBA and face yeah. of European basketball more so than Jokic. So there's an interesting video clip that uh that surfaced. Chris Mannix from SI was on the Rich Eisen show and he was talking about the Denver Nuggets. And one of the things that Denver Nuggets fans talk about is how the team gets no respect from national media. And the national media doesn't talk about them. Mike, Michael Malone kind of echoed that throughout the, the postseason. He's like, we win the game. And the question is, what did the Lakers not do, right? As opposed to what we're doing well. And part of that's his salesman's job as the head coach to say, nobody believes in you. See, like, right? All that stuff that, you know, we kind of turn our eyes at, but you got to sell your message somehow. And if they buy it, they buy it. It doesn't matter if it's horseshit. <laughs> you're buying horseshit, you're buying horseshit. Fine. Um, and Mannix said to, to Rich Eisen was, you know, the reason is because Denver is just not a very compelling team. And I thought about this on the larger landscape of what we do here, True Hoop and media and, you know, stuff that our, our boss, Henry Abbott, talks about all the time and the NBA being a TV show, right? And you're selling stars. And there is something about it's much easier for the national media and those talking head shows to sell you drama in LA and drama in Golden State, right? Because you know those people. LeBron's been a TV star your entire life watching basketball, right? So has Stephen Curry and all these different things and Draymond and all these popular people you've heard of before. But this idea is that, well, who's this Nikola Jokic guy? They had to fly to Serbia to give him his MVPs. He was on his horse home. He wasn't even in the States. And I get both sides of it, David, in that casual fans are going to know, like, you know, Henry always does the test. Does your mom or your grandma know about this? Have they ever heard of this person? Right. Your mom or your grandma probably heard of LeBron James, right? Because of his ubiquity. Everyone's yeah, heard yeah. of LeBron James, right? right. right? Like Nikola Jokic, probably not, right? Like, unless, you know, your mom's, like, uh, involved in, in basketball, you know, is a son right. of a, a basketball coach right. like David. Right. But odds are, no, you bring your mom or your grandma never heard of Nikola Jokic. Right. But I think that is a failing on the media part, right? Because that part is, okay, maybe Jokic doesn't want to do these things, but that's on us to tell more stories around Denver and to make the other part of basketball compelling also beyond the drama. Like, I get it. Part of human nature is to like drama. That's just who we are. And it's fine. And you can like all that. But we, as a collective media, can do a better job of saying, okay, there's drama on one hand, which is, of course, always compelling. But here's this awesome story about this guy who loves horses, who was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, who's the best player in the world. Yeah. I think people just tend to be lazy. And so it's easy to, to look at highlights and the long-distance threes and the athletic dunks and athletic finishes, Giannis, LeBron, mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. Steph Curry. Um, it's just like probably in, uh, you know, my favorite movies and TV shows are, aren't the, the uh, over-the-top Transformers, <laughs> Marvel movies. <laughs> right. I, I, I love the Marvel movies. I, watch, I grew up with them with my children. They grew up with them with me. I'll, they'll ever have a, forever a place in my heart. But if I had to list 150 movies, that that I, I I'm that I'll be watching alone for ten days. I won't be watching under fifty. It none of them will be on the list. There might be some lists that I've never seen before. There right. might be some movies that I have seen before. None of them will be the Avengers movies and the Marvel <laughs> movies. The the subtle talkies, the mm-hmm. the things that make you think. That's I'm not a, I, I I'm lazy in a lot of respects. I'm not lazy with stuff like that. Uh, uh, it's the same with sports. The subtle. I, I loved McEnroe not because of his drama stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the angles. I and I didn't know that much about tennis. I knew a little bit. Um, the angles that he played, I thought that was just clever. There was a cleverness to it. Um, I'm 
not probably normal, although he was well-loved, I'm sure, by a lot of people for the other reason, because mm-hmm. he was so loud and whatever. Um, Jokic is an acquired taste. You, 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 other guys might get dunks. It won't be his dunk. <laughs> right? Right. Um, he's not going to have the in-your-face block shot. Right. He's not right. going to blow you away with athleticism like Dwayne Wade did. Right. Um, it, it is what it is. The league probably fails, but, uh, but ultimately it's the media. But let's face it, most media people are trying to do what, what Fox tried to do. Mm-hmm. What does the audience want? Let's give them yeah, that. Pretty much. And that's something Henry would never allow us to do. He, he, he would not, he would, Henry is not going to say, uh, well, everyone wants to read more about Spolstra, so let's write about Miami. He's going to say the opposite. He's going to say, no, no, Spolstra is the story right now. And then he, what he's going to say to me is, don't just give us what everyone else does. Right. So when I wrote that he's got to fuck you, I didn't have no, I had no intention of writing an article about Eric Spolstra and that fuck you culture. When I said it on our on our conversation, mm-hmm. Henry spoke up and said, "David, that's the story. That's the story." Yeah, I went even my quote. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> that so to me, uh, we we if if it's a if it's a flavor of the month, let's just make sure we're accurate and truthful on discussing the flavor. Mm-hmm. And so in, in the case of Denver and Jokic. First of all, I happen to like Denver very much as a They're city. Very compelling, and I think it's a very compelling it's team. A, it's a, it's a. If they've never made the finals before as an NBA franchise. Mm-hmm. They have the world's best player. He's he he very well could complete what Giannis did. MVP, MVP, Finals MVP champion, right? And and now Jokic is is in line to do the exact same thing. And then you go back retroactively and you say. Not us, because we said Jokic right. was our MVP. You go back and say, shit, he probably should have been the regular season MVP too. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't want to give him three in a row because nobody who's not won a title can win all these stupid right. things we make up. And it's like, but why? Right. If he's the best player, give it to him. What, what are we doing? <laughs> right. The, yeah. So I remember the pushback on Nash. Nash Nash has an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. You have to really enjoy basketball to understand just how pivotal he was. Uh, uh, having lots of players in the NBA during that time, he was such a game changer. He, the Suns were a force of nature, and he was the absolute battery for that, for sure. But he came with some liabilities, okay? We didn't measure those liabilities as well then as we can measure now. We have way better stats. Jokic blows everybody away in all those metrics. This year it was closer, but he was still the best. Still the best. Metrically speaking, yeah. We, you can't get around that. He just does it differently than Giannis and LeBron has done and Steph Curry. No less impactful. Like he, one of the best players of all time. He's trending in that direction. Already. He's, he's already there. <laughs> he's trending in you know, top 10, top 12. Figure it out. Um, he's got a ways to go. But he's moving in that direction. No, it, it, it's phenomenal. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited that the, you know, the casual NBA fan who tunes in on the playoffs and the NBA finals are going to get to see. Oh, I care people talk about this Nikola Jokic guy. What's that all about? Like, I, I think they're going to see some awesome things, and can I'm you, excited for let's that. Let's finish off with this. Can you look at his his stats in the Lakers series? What was uh, his I sure scoring can. rebounding assists? What was it? I mean, he was because I thought he averaged a triple double. Oh, he 100 percent did. Right, <laughs> right. He 100 percent did. Let's pull him up, Nikola. Okay. And let's remember, he's going up against the most dominant defensive player in the postseason. Yo, man. You can you can you can yell at AD all you want. He was an unbelievable defensive presence. Just in All court. right, let's see, let's see. Where are we here? Per game. Da, 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 da. All right, 30 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 13.3 rebounds, 10.3 assists. Against the best defensive player in the world. He def- without, in my opinion, AD is that. I'm not saying he deserved the winner. winner right. 
but but he is the single most important, impactful, Correct. best defensive player in the world. And this cat does a 30-point triple-double. Come on. Like, That's, pretty good. That's right. pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's the equivalent of 50 points in the in a clinching game, like Giannis got in game six yeah. against Phoenix. Yeah. It's just it's just unheard of. Oh, and while we're on that, like, and again, this just ties into this whole like, this is what media likes to do, these silly stories. Any conversations about, oh, the Lakers gotta rethink Anthony Davis. Is he worth it? That guy gives them nothing offensively. Like, guys. No Anthony Davis, this team is not going to the conference finals. I promise you that. He was the no, best. And you guys know, I love Triple J. You had a game He was the best defensive him. player. Yes, yes. correct. Yeah. You had a game just like you would with Triple J. You, you had to start your process with what do we do offensively with AD? Correct. Where, how do we move him around? Mm-hmm. How do we attack him? Where do we attack him? When do we attack him? Like that was part of the – every bit – that was probably more prevalent than how do we defend it, LeBron. That was number one. How do we solve AD? Yeah. And LeBron and Jokic did miraculous work. And, but it's what we talk about on the show all the time. For whatever reason, it's because eyes understand offense better than it understands defense, right? And understands in quotes. Yeah. That 50% of the game is on defense. <laughs> you have to, you have to guard. Teams that don't guard don't win. Like, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Put Jokic in a time machine. To the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, he's on trial for witchcraft. 100%. 100%. On trial for witchcraft. Yeah, he's his nickname is Destructor. <laughs> he would be rolling people. Oh, my God. Yeah, come they on. Wouldn't, they, they wouldn't know what they'd be like, what is this guy doing? Same as, same as Steph Curry and uh, yeah, Kevin Durant, all these guys. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, the, the, what, the, are you what doing? is going on? Right. Yeah. He's a special guy. And we're lucky we get to see him for at least four more games. At least four more games. We're excited. Um, all right, I know you said you have an idea. What is your idea about what happens tonight in Game Five? Uh, I th- I think you'll have a, a I think Miami's going to play well, and I th- I would bet on Boston playing really well. Okay. Um, I would lean towards giving the Celtics a win. I, I I thought they were the better team all along. I mean, they I, are. I still don't think they win the series, but uh, uh, I would give them a, a slight. I would not favor them in Game Six. Unless something happens tonight in Game Five that with an injury, but I would favor them tonight. Yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Either way, uh, by the time we're back on Monday, we'll know who's yeah. doing what. Uh, well, yeah, Thursday, Saturday. No, we, if it goes seven, we won't know. No, no, no. If it goes because uh, Game Seven would be Monday night because Thursday, right. Saturday, Monday. Right. So we'll if know it if goes it's still a series or not. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we will know if it's still a series uh, on and Monday. We'll be and we'll be here. All right, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Take care. <laughs>